the one thing I, I love nowadays is, is somebody will jump on Facebook, uh, somebody new to the community, and ask who's the best internet provider in town. And it's just hands down, IMU, 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 IMU. You know, that makes me feel good. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Normally, I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota, but I've driven down 35 to visit Des Moines, where we're at the uh, the IAMU, the Iowa Association of Municipal Utilities uh, Telecom Conference. I'm speaking here with Kurt Ripperger, who is the uh, communications superintendent of the Indianola uh, uh, Municipal Utilities. Did I nail it? You got it. That's hey, it, so. all right. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Indianola is uh, what? It's I guess uh, thirty miles south of here. Is that right? Yeah, not not even that. Uh, from south side of Des Moines, we're about uh, about fifteen, twelve, fifteen miles is all. So okay, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe I was just assuming Des Moines was way bigger than right. it is. <laughs> so, yeah, we could be at the airport in about twenty minutes. So yeah, it's it's uh, we're we're fairly close. So yeah, and so you are. Um, it's a suburb of of Des Moines, um, and. Um, and you have a municipal fiber network now touching every home and business in the community. We do, yes. So uh, tell us just briefly about Indianola. I, I mean, I think of it as a bedroom community. Is that more or less accurate? Yeah, that's probably a, a good term for it. Uh, I think a, a lot of our citizens come up uh, to Des Moines to, to work and, uh, and do that sort of thing. Uh, we do have a, a small college there in, in Indianola, Simpson College, so uh, uh, that helps uh, things out a little bit too. But, uh, yeah, I, I think a bedroom community is a, a good representation so now people who have a great memory may know that uh, todd kilkoff was on this show a hundred years ago when he was already in middle age and uh, we talked about what indianola was doing then and some of the partnerships with simpson um, a lot has changed since then um, and so at that point there was a public partnership with a local company and um, and frankly a question of whether there was enough demand to do fiber to the home everywhere. And, um, well, I guess we could just fast forward to say, sure, seems like it's working out for you. Yeah, it seems to be good. I mean, we're just uh, finished up year four. Uh, we've already hit our five-year business plan goals uh, there in town. Uh, we've got about 45% penetration so far, and uh, we keep hooking people up. So it's it's all been very, very good. That's excellent because I, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious about this. I felt like um, a town like Indianola to me from afar, I, I visit it for the uh, for the. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all did the um, uh, fiber cutting, uh, oh, sure. which, yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> which was acknowledged was not the right metaphor. Right, <laughs> but but in launching the uh, the municipal citywide system, and um, and it seems like it's the kind of town where um, people may not know as much about the community as in some other places, um, where people might not read the local newspaper as much or things like that. Which means it's like the worst for word of mouth was my concern. But obviously, that hasn't been a problem for you. Do you have like how did you get to the point where you're achieving your business goals early? Do you have any sense of what gave you that success? Yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's because of the product we're uh, putting in people's homes. I mean, it works. Uh, it's been widely accepted. Uh, people have been asking for for many, many, many years. So mm-hmm. uh, certainly, when we were going through our initial uh, startup and 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 turn up on uh, different houses or people's houses, uh, there was a huge demand. So you know, people were having to wait months. Uh, to just get us in there is because we had such a backlog. So, uh, and now it's come to the point where we don't do a ton of marketing. We we do a little bit there in the the local online paper. Uh, we obviously are involved with the school systems and, and things like that to do uh, some public service type stuff to get our name out there. But literally, it, it's mostly word of mouth from happy customers, which is is very very good to see. What's your uh, what's your rough penetration if you're able to share that? 
the penetration rate is about 45%. Uh, I expect to be right around 32, 3,300 customers by the end of uh, this year. That's uh, it's, it's wonderful. 45% in year four? Yeah, we just uh, just got through year four, and that was year four from literally just starting construction. So we've only really been installing customers for for three years. So you know, it took us a year to get the outside plant up and and into a spot where we could actually start installing. So yeah, and so from the way I track things, I would call that year three, just as we try to just have a sense of what the trends are. You know, I honestly, I f- I'm I'm a little bit confused. I felt like five or six years ago was a sweet spot potentially for signing people up. And I felt like cable is getting so much better now. Um, you know, we're seeing more investment, um, you know, in some places from uh, various entities to bring fiber to some parts of town. And if we felt like it was going to be harder for cities to get past that 35, 40% mark. But we just see cities like yours moving ahead. And um, and I know that you're delivering a great product, but um, is it do people more appreciate the fiber now and they really just they tell a difference? Do you have a sense of what drives that? Yeah, I don't know for sure. But I mean, certainly, I, I think the pandemic probably helped us out to, to some degree. I mean, everyone all of a sudden got stuck at home. Uh, the demand, we certainly saw a spike in demand, you know, shortly after all of that happened. Uh, we were fortunate to be able to continue to do installs and, and, and keep up with people's demands at that time. So that was that was good. Is it is it better now than it was five years ago to be marketing these products? I think there's more of a demand for these products. Now, I think, again, with the last year and a half, two years, people realize that they have to have these, these sort of products uh, available to them. Uh, and, and one of the problems we have, we're a suburb of, of Des Moines, obviously, but there's there's much, much more going on in some of the closer suburbs of Des Moines, the Ankeny's, the Johnson's, the Waukee's of the world, uh, which means sometimes the existing providers that were there before us weren't exactly given any of probably the, the first rate attention that it needed. So uh, there were certainly developments in town that had been around for multiple years that still didn't have some of those services available to them. So uh, so I think when we come in and, and we provide that sort of service, it's sort of that local service. We're still a small enough community, far enough from Des Moines that we're still a small Iowa town. Uh, people appreciate that hometown feel to things as well. So uh, they know when they call in, they're going to get uh, one of seven of us and they know us by name and they see us out on the streets and you know the, the, that sort of thing too which i think helps a lot to be quite honest so seven people for 3300 customers is that what i remember yeah 30 3200 between mm-hmm. 32 33 by the end of the year yeah that's got to be difficult to manage i mean is it you sit there looking at wanted ads thinking man i want to i want to bring in another person <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to expand a little bit right now so we, we do have a couple of job openings available but uh you know i, I have a very very i have a very good staff uh, they're very dedicated. They they all uh, either live in Warren County or, in the matter of fact, most of them live in Indianola. So uh, they're very dedicated to their jobs and making this thing actually work and, and, and be the best it can be. Now, I'm, I'm curious because right now the uh, one of the things we hear is that labor is super tight. Um, is is do you have any fears about losing these folks, or is the fact that they can work on outside where they can do the work that they're doing um, for whatever mission and you know close to home? Is that going to keep them there, or do you have a concern that you're going to start <laughs> fighting with other people to keep them? Yeah, I mean, I certainly have a concern. That, that's certainly a, a an, an issue. So being a a small staff, we lose any one person, we we lose a, a key person. Person. I mean, obviously they they take a lot of roles and responsibilities with them if they leave. So uh, so yeah, I, I do have concern about that. We do hire. We have been fortunate to be able to hire local. Like I said, most people live in Indianola, or at least right around Warren County. So close commutes, uh, small town living, working, uh, close to schools, family, stuff like that. So 
fingers crossed we keep them, but I certainly do do worry about it. So yeah. Now, how did what were you doing before you came to oversee this project? Yeah, I was over on on, on the city side of things. I was actually the IT director over for the city. Uh, before I came over and, and uh, took this role on it for the utility. So let me let me ask a, a a confrontational question, which is I feel like a lot of times people in telecom are like, well, you can't have IT people in here running things because IT people have a different mindset than telecom people. Was it was it a hard adjustment or would you reject that sort of division? I guess I'd have to kind of reject that sort of division. And I guess maybe it's because I didn't know about it, but uh, all of our staff came, came from the IT side of things. So uh, and maybe that's why we work so well together too. <laughs> We're all used to <laughs> to managing systems like that. So, um, and while it's different, it's not that much different. At least at at, at the size we are. So I'm mm-hmm. sure as you grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, different things change. But uh, at the at the end of the day, it's, it's 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 a lot of networking. Really, it's what it is. So you know. One of the ways that the big uh, cable and telephone companies will often compete with a city like yours is to try to just drive down prices and give the product away more or less for free to try to just lure you people away from you and, and harm your business case. Obviously, that hasn't been something that slowed you down. Um, yeah, and we, we didn't see a lot of that. And again, again, I don't know if that's because uh, people have other focuses closer up to Des Moines and, and are worried more worried about that, those areas uh, or or what it actually was. So, But uh, they weren't paying a lot of attention to Indianola before, and even since we've come along, they still aren't paying a whole lot of attention to us, which is fine. So Right. <laughs> Stay under the radar. <laughs> exactly. So, so is, there any, is there anything that, like, if um, – um, Boy, I was gonna. I was talking about framing this in terms of like St. Peter at the gates, and you have to justify, you know, why you spent your time working on broadband. That's a. It's be. That's not a question you're gonna confront. Um, so <laughs> let me just ask: When you wake up in the morning and you're excited to solve problems, and you want to, you know, you're maybe you're going to bed, you want to feel good about what you're doing. What do you What do you think about that? You know that this has been a good use of your time over the past several years. Yeah, it's been a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of effort to get it up off the ground and and get it going. But uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, it's making Indianola a, a a better place to live and, and grow and raise kids and things like that. And I think that's very important. Uh, I I grew up in, in, in Indianola, uh, went to school there and everything else, escaped for a, a few years down, down to Arizona and somehow made my way back. And I guess, a smart decision. Well, I guess when I, and when I came back, I, I really expected to be back here for a few years to deal with some family things that were going on um, and then to, to leave again and to be able to find a job in Indianola like this, to be able to do this, uh, and to be able to contribute uh, to the community this way is very, very satisfying. So, what what about it? Is there? I mean, is it, is it the fact that you know that people are paying lower prices? That they they just have service that works all the time? You know, what is it that that really you really reflect? Yeah, I think really it's when the, the people. The one thing I, I love nowadays is, is somebody will jump on Facebook, uh, somebody new to the community, and ask who's the best internet provider in mm-hmm. town. And it's just hands down, IMU, 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 IMU. On occasion, we'll get a, one of the other vendors. But, uh, you know, that makes me feel good because that's people are people are out there saying that, look, you know, if you want the best, come here and, and, and you can get it. So, yeah. Did you face any challenges integrating the, the quarter of the city that had already been built out with the technology, the choices that you made, or was it more or less, uh, you know, same vendors and similar platforms? Yeah, it was very similar platforms. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of coordination uh, to move from uh, the other provider at the time over to us. Uh, it took a lot of, and I don't want to say marketing, but education. Uh, we, we certainly started by sending out multiple letters explaining what was going on, why a change was going to have to be, be made. Uh 
And then it took a lot of coordination then because we had to go touch every one of those systems. It wasn't something we could just flip a switch and move over to us. So we had to schedule text to come in, uh, change things up. Obviously, our products were a little different than what the other company was offering. So there was a little bit of education there as well. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, we were well over 90% of those customers converted over to IMU. So it, it went well. Wow. Yeah. Are you? Do you have to build out new subdivisions and things like that? Is the town expanding, and you got yeah. greenfields? Yeah, the, the the town is definitely expanding. We, we we've got uh, greenfield to the to the east, and uh, even starting out more to the north as well. So uh, obviously, it's a lot easier when it's in our uh, electric territory. Uh, we can go in and drop in conduit when uh, the electric company comes or electric utility goes in and, and does their thing. Uh, for those uh, uh, subdivisions that are outside of our electric territory, we go in. Uh, before anybody else and try to get our pipe in there. Our, our goal is that the first house that's up and moved into in, in the subdivision can uh, can access our, our services. So, And we've been fairly successful doing that. So so today we there was a discussion about supply chain, and I was, I was kind of curious about that. You know, in the situation where you're doing these incremental expansions, do you just rely on getting product from um, vendors that you work with, or do you still manage it yourself and you have, like, rolls of fiber and conduit sitting in warehouses ready for it, or how do you handle that? Yeah, I wish I did now but uh, no i don't so yeah we, we kind of take it on a as needed basis uh you know and it, it was especially coming from the it world uh you you tended to work on a, a much smaller time frame i guess it was you know very easy to, to do a project in six months uh when i first came on board here it was a little bit of a learning experience to, to think a little bit longer term and now with the supply chain issues it's even even longer yet i mean we're already looking at 2023 and what we're going to need in house uh, for that time period. And uh, being a small utility, it's a little harder to figure out, especially since we're still kind of ramping up on installs and where that will eventually plateau, I don't know. But uh, uh, it can definitely be challenging. So, yeah. Do you have neighboring communities coming to you and, and asking either how you did it or whether you would be willing to solve their problems for them? <laughs> yeah. uh, not so much communities. We, we certainly have a, a fair amount of people out uh, outside of the, the city limits and in, in the rural areas uh, that are asking on a regular basis uh, what uh, could be done. Uh, obviously, we're taking a look at uh, where we can go, where the density makes sense, but uh, obviously it's, it's expensive to, to build fiber per mile out there. So uh, there's only limited spots that we can go. So, um, And there, there have been other communities nearby. Uh, Pella obviously is spinning up their, uh, their uh, system over there. They've been over multiple times asking questions and taking a look at things that we do. Uh, and there may be some others coming along soon that uh, may come over and ask for some help too, and we're, we're happy to do that. We certainly leaned on a lot of people when uh, we were getting started up uh, I uh, asked Cedar Falls and Waverly a lot of questions back in the, back in the day. So <laughs> that's what's great about this uh, the network here in Iowa is you have uh, so many different folks. You have uh, um, different experiences. Um, the the, uh, the folks that are on the outskirts of town are they in your electric footprint or uh, they they aren't. No, the electric footprint is is really uh, limited to the, the city limits, and actually the the city has outgrown the, even the electric footprint nowadays. So uh, uh, so no, they are outside the electric uh, uh, utility. So at, at that point, it's kind of all on us to to build out there. And have you looked at the? I mean, we're Curtis did a presentation. Curtis uh, Dean, who puts this event together and uh, runs the Community Broadband Action Network did a presentation talking about the Iowa subsidy program. And uh, I'm curious, have you interacted with that at all, looked at it? And Yeah, we've looked at it in the past. And, and to be quite honest, uh, we are close enough to Des Moines that 
normally when those uh, those maps come out, there there's not a whole lot of uh, potential for us, so just because we're so close to Des Moines and it's been swallowed up over the years. Uh, this latest round of maps uh, is much, much more interesting. We, we now do have a, a few areas that we can go take a look at, so uh, I think we're going to focus on that here in the next few weeks and see if we can't get some applications in. So, so it's exciting, because like I said, uh, normally we're so close to Des Moines that uh, the existing providers have already suck that uh, territory up but uh, it seems like maybe it's changing a little bit which is nice well and i have to say it's exciting too because i feel like in iowa you know certainly in the legislature from time to time we've seen efforts to restrict municipal networks but uh the the current subsidy program not only allows municipalities to apply but there's a modest benefit to being a cooperative or a municipality and uh that just seems it's exciting given (laughs) frankly what municipals and cooperatives have done for iowa that they're being respected by the state now yeah it's it's very nice to see so i agree yeah i feel like at 3200 passings that to me seems like um that the minimum threshold it seems like it's kind of a headache you seem pretty nonchalant (laughs) about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you do you have any fears in terms of the volume in which you buy gear and things like that or is it all does it all just work out it's all worked out so far. So, yeah, I mean, going forward, uh, yeah, I don't know where we're going to be in a year from now or two years from now, I guess. You know, we're, we're still relatively new. Uh, I wouldn't call it a startup anymore, but we're still relatively new to the business. So, like I said, I, I don't know where that plateau is going to be. So, Well, I would assume probably, like, I mean, if you had 5,000 passings, you'll be doing amazingly, but, like, you have no method of reaching 10,000 passings. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, not unless we expand to another community or, or really get uh, serious about the, the rural uh, areas. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, somewhere along the line, yeah, we, we are going to hit capacity. And, you know, is fortunately growing, and I, I think we're, we're poised to grow significantly in the next 10, 15 years. Uh, there's going to be a couple other spots in Warren County that, that probably grow first, but as, as those get saturated and the prices go up there, I, I think Indianola is going to look very, very attractive to a lot of people. So, uh, and again, and having the fiber service there and being offered the speeds and service that we do, I think is going to be a good selling point for Indianola. Excellent. Well, I'll just note again, I think, you know, effectively your third year from when you started turning on customers, 4,500, 45%, that is, uh, it's impressive and, and it's exciting too. I, I hope others are inspired to know that this is possible uh you know now that they haven't missed the window uh this is still something that communities can get done if they treat it seriously right i mean maybe that's the last question which is what advice do you have for others to make sure that they're not coming into it thinking oh like we'll just come in and we'll get 45 percent of the community it'll be easy yeah it takes a lot of work uh, there's a lot of front-end work on that but uh once you get things rolling and, and get things going uh, uh it all falls together quite nicely and it's worked out exactly the way we're hoping uh and like i said even a little bit better we're we're, we're ahead of schedule and and yeah that's just great cool thank you so much thank you we have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadband bits email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show follow chris on twitter his handle is at community nets follow muninetworks.org stories on twitter the handles at Muni Networks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby, for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. Podcast.
Thanks for listening.